All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter number 18. As we continue to look at people who don't get a lot of notice in the Word of God, they're mentioned, but they're never really talked about specifically. And uh, this is kind of just an interesting lesson book that I've been using to go through. Uh, as we talked about King Josiah last week and what a blessing he was and how that his life connected to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, and uh, just people in history that heaven hasn't forgotten, and that's why they're in the Word of God. Uh, but we don't always pay as much attention to the front linemen as we do the quarterback. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't always pay attention to uh, the unsung heroes, but they are so important. And there are two people in the Word of God that are, that are special people. You can just get that from, from what you read here. They were husband and wife, and I'm not sure that they ever had children. doesn't mention anything about children, but boy, were they a blessing. And they had a positive impact and a positive influence on two of the greatest men in the Bible and uh, in the early church. And uh, their name is Aquila and Priscilla. In Acts chapter 18, we pick up and read about them in verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And that is where the Corinthian church began and where the first and second Corinthian books were written about, written to them. And in Corinth, he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. So we see that Aquila and Priscilla, they were Jews, but they were believers. Now we're not sure, no one knows for sure if they got saved because of Paul or if they were saved before they met Paul, but we know this for sure, they were saved. And so they were saved Jews. They were uh, banished from Italy where they had been living because uh, the Roman emperor was upset with the Jews. And we don't know if it's because of Christianity among the Jews or what was that all about. There's speculation about that. But originally they were from Pontus and Pontus would have been uh, the northern region and what we would call the southern shore of the Black Sea. And you can look on a map and see that. And uh, that's where they originally were from, in Asia Minor, northern region of Asia Minor. And they were living in Rome, but now they were uh, refugees, you could say, and, and had moved to Corinth to get out of the danger and the, and the anger of Rome. And so there they met Paul. Verse 3 it says, And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. So both Aquila, Priscilla, and Paul were, were tent makers. They made tents, and they used that to sustain themselves and to earn income. And, and so in, in the early days, preachers didn't always just live by the offering plate, although that certainly is biblical, but sometimes they would, uh, they would earn uh, their income or take care of business by their own hands if they didn't have any other means of support. And, and, the, and they, they got along there. Maybe that's why they met originally i don't know for sure but it would seem that that's a probability as well uh, we don't know exactly if, <clears throat> if paul led them to the lord or if they just were led to each other as christians who also were tent makers but it does say in verse 2 and found paul found them and i can tell you this that soul winning is something that is really neat because you find people you either find people who need to get saved or then you find other christians <laughs> 
And either way, it's a blessing when you find fellow believers or when you find someone who gets saved and then becomes a fellow believer, uh, like the person who just walked in a minute ago. And uh, praise the Lord for that. When we find God's people and we become friends, we become acquainted with one another. What a blessing. And so that's why it's so important that we're constantly witnessing, witnessing and sharing the gospel with people around us. It's encouraging to each other. Now, there are three things about Aquila and his wife that stand out to us, and they're all H's, and so we can use this letter H to, to remember something tonight. But first of all, they had open hands, all right? We'll just say it that way. They had open hands. Uh, they were willing to take in the Apostle Paul. Now, remember, they just moved uh, out of danger, and now they take in this this guy Paul and, 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 and take him in, and the Bible tells us that they had him for 18 months, Paul lived with them, and they worked on tents together, and they just they just were tent makers for 18 months. Now, at the time, that might have seemed pretty precarious because Paul was known to get himself in a lot of trouble, and uh, Quill and Priscilla could have e- easily gotten themselves into a bind by being a friend of, of Paul. They could have been suspicious of this guy to begin with. I mean, why do we want to attach ourselves to him? Uh, they could have been selfish and said, look, if we, if we have him help us with the tent making, he's going to split the money, a third of it, instead of us split, you know, having all of it for ourselves. And, and so uh, they could have been selfish, but they weren't. And later on, what you're going to see in verse 18, and, and, and after Paul, after this, Terry, there yet a good while, year and a half, and then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria. And with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in Centuria, for he was a vow, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. And so because of Paul, they actually up and moved a year and a half later. They moved again and ended up in Ephesus across the body of water from where they were in Corinth and Athens. And what's interesting about that is, is that Aquila and Priscilla, by this time, were not just settled on being uh, content with being tent makers in Corinth. And they could have been. They were a part of the church in Corinth. The Bible teaches us that and shows us they were part of that church in Corinth. And yet, they went ahead and followed Paul and didn't go all the way to Centuria, but they went to Ephesus and settled there. And you know what happened when they went to Ephesus? A church in Ephesus got started. And so not only do you have the first and second Corinthians, but you have also a book called Ephesians. And the pastor of the church in Ephesus was a guy named Timothy. So you have first and second Timothy. And these people were living in these early church days in these local churches that were getting started. They had a great uh, hand in it. Luke chapter 14 is just a reminder for us here as you keep your finger in Acts. But Luke chapter 14, let's just remember what Jesus said and let, let's apply it to our lives as well. Luke 14 and verse 26 If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, his sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And verse 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciples. You know, when you read Acts chapter 18, you, you recognize that they were tent makers. But you also recognize that that's not really what they were. They were Christians. And if making tents helped them get the bills paid, that's fine. But they weren't so settled at at, at starting the Corinth tent-making, you know, monopoly. They weren't so settled on having a beautiful future business in Corinth that they couldn't up and move all the way over to Ephesus. They were going to follow God's man, 
and they had open hands. What does that mean? They just they decided they were going to let God have control of these hands. By the way, you know who made your hands, right? And let God have control of the hands that you have and use them for his glory. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Now's your time to use your hands. Now's your time to use what God's given you and to use it wisely. And tonight, before we finish, I hope you understand and appreciate how God used Aquila and Priscilla and how they allowed God to use them. Sure, they made tents, but I'm going to tell you something right now. They were more than just tent makers. They were, they were more than that. They were more special than that. See, our hands are a precious gift from God. Back in Acts chapter 20, you see Paul talking about his hands and what God had him to do. It says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 33, I, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. <clears throat> I didn't ask for any of that. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities, my own necessities, and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Our hands are a gift from God, and we should recognize that God's given us our hands and our ability to do something with them. Poor Daniel, been picking on him all day. Not me personally, but some of these other mean kids in here have been picking on Daniel all day. And, uh, you know, Daniel doesn't have the strongest right hand. But you know something? I'm glad that Daniel doesn't just sit at home and say, I don't have a strong right hand. Whatever your hand find it to do, do it with all thy might. Whatever God's given you to do, use it for his glory and use it well. It's better, Daniel, for you to have a weak hand that you do the best you can with God, for God, than to have a strong hand and not use it for God. There's a lot of people doing that. And, of course, they were converted hands. That's why they could serve God with those hands, because they were converted people. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed those hands that used to do bad things and things that are not good for God, use them for God's glory and serve him. I'm glad that we had some people just a few minutes ago use their hands and go across those keys with their hands. I can't do that. I mean, I can do it, but it won't sound like what they make it sound like. That's a blessing. Use your hands. Let God use your hands. All right? Serve God with the hands that he's given you. And they did. They had open hands. And they found this man, Paul, and they were, can you imagine spending a year and a half with the Apostle Paul? Wow. A year and a half with the Apostle Paul. Wow. Let me show you something, what Paul said about them. Romans chapter number 16. I would have loved for Paul to say this about me. Romans 16 and verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks. See what he's just said there? They, they risked their lives for me. I'm not sure exactly what that means. 
I don't know if they risked their lives because they allowed him to live with them for that period of time. I don't know if there was a certain story when there was that mob scene and, and, and Paul was rescued out of that, if, if maybe Aquila and Priscilla played a part that we, it's just kind of backstory. All I know is it says in verse 4, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. All of the Gentile churches are grateful for what Aquila and Priscilla did because Aquila and Priscilla saved the life of the Apostle Paul. Well, how important was the Apostle Paul? Well, there's 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, probably Hebrews. And they risked their necks for him. And Paul's saying, you, you appreciate me. I just want you to know you need to make sure you send Priscilla and Aquila a thank you. That's the kind of people they were. That's how valuable they were to him. They had open hands, but they also, back in Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 18, they didn't just have open hands. And what a blessing if you have open hands and you use your hands. And it's a blessing. There's people in our room right now, sitting here amongst us, there's people that have used their physical abilities for the Lord's service and didn't get paid for it, didn't get anything for it. What a blessing. I mean, just even moving the snow around this last 48 hours and just all stuff behind the scenes that goes on. Just using your hands for God's Lord. What a blessing that is. But now notice this. In Acts chapter 18, they also had open hearts. Because in Acts chapter 18, when they, when they stayed in Ephesus, Paul left them in Ephesus, and I don't know, I'm guessing that he probably said, hey, Aquila, Priscilla, y'all could be a real blessing to this little church in Ephesus. Why don't I leave you here and you just help this, this young preacher Timothy in this church here to get going? That's what I'm guessing probably happened. And so, in verse 24, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. In other words, the only thing he knew was what John the Baptist had preached. He had not understood that Jesus Christ came and uh, lived three and a half years and then died on the cross and rose again that all wasn't clear to Apollos he was down in Alexandria but what he did understand he knew well and preached it but he preached it with limit he was limited in his knowledge so it says in verse 26 and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard They blew him out of the water and said, you're stupid. Nope, they didn't. They didn't have a critical spirit. You know, Romans chapter 14, keep your finger there in Acts 18, but Romans 14 and verse 1, him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Appreciate the fact that they have zeal and maybe they're just ignorant. And then, don't blow them out of the water because of something they don't know or aren't doing quite right, but rather bring them along. And if they have a right heart and a right attitude, they'll appreciate it. And so Aquila and Priscilla, when they heard Apollos, they said, hey, we really appreciate what you're doing, but we want to, we want to have you over for dinner and we want to explain to you there's more to it than that. We, we just spent a year and a half with a guy named Paul. 
we want to show you some things that you don't you might not understand so back there in chapter 18 verse 26 they had a right attitude toward him and they had a right love for him and they took him unto them it says in verse 26 they didn't just say you know you're doing a good job but boy you got a lot to learn see ya no they invited him over they took him unto them they took time they didn't just keep him at an arm's length but they received him and got to know him and were acquainted with him and probably learned that with Paul and then it says they had right patience with him because at the end of verse 26 and they expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly you know it's one thing to see someone at church and say hey glad you're here you're on the right track keep it up it's another thing to say hey why don't you why don't you come or why don't we go out to eat or why don't you come over and, hey why don't we visit and hey you know as far as this is concerned i just want you to know that that the bible actually teaches it differently than what you're thinking that requires patience because expository and expounding means you take time and you just go over word for word and so they expounded unto him the way of god more perfectly that means more complete. He, he didn't really have a grasp of the New Testament church concept. All he had was the preaching of John the Baptist, and up to that point, that's all he knew. He was from Alexandria. By the way, the Alexandrian Greek manuscripts are where all the modern versions come from, the modern Bible versions, which is a huge problem. And you know what we need to do? We need to stand against error. But if we find an Apollos that is sincere and they, they're, they're carrying an ESV or an NIV and that's all they know, but they're sincere and they want to know the truth, hey, come on over and let's show you why there's a difference and why it's important. Our job is not to just go, that's not, that's not. And these people didn't do that either. They expounded and showed them little by little See, exposition is so much more than just giving them a couple verses and then saying, okay, there you go. Let me show you how exposition is used in the Bible. Acts chapter 11, verse 4. Acts 11, verse 4. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it in order unto them. In other words, he took time to tell them the whole story. Acts chapter 28. Verse 23, see the word being used again. Acts 28, verse 23 says, And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. See, when, they, when it says they expounded, here's what it means. When it says they expounded to Apollos, they set aside their tent-making business. And they turned it into a Bible study. They set aside their personal whatever plans they probably had for that time and said, we're going to expound unto you some things, Paulus. Because we we can see in you a zeal and we just want to help you. And if you're willing, we just want to show you what the word of God says. The word expounded is used in Luke 24 when it says that Jesus met with the disciples and started in the Old Testament from Moses and went all the way through the prophets expounding unto them the scriptures. Sometimes people say, I don't understand why the pastor expects me to take time out of my busy schedule. Listen, the apostles didn't just have it all on their own. There was somebody named Apollos, and there was somebody named Paul 
who spent time with people who never got a book written in the Bible, but their name was Aquila and Priscilla. It's because they had open hearts. Aquila said to Priscilla, or maybe Priscilla said it to Aquila, but they said, you know, there's a good young man right there. He just needs to be educated a little more. He's got potential. Let's let's invite him over and let's let's treat him right and let's show him that there's some things he just doesn't know. And and they taught him with an open heart. They had open hands to help the Apostle Paul. They had open hearts to help what would become the Apostle Apollos. The Bible says he was an apostle. And the third H. They had an open house. Not because they were trying to sell it. They had an open house that they were willing to let the church use. They were truly hospitable. Notice two places with me. First of all, Romans chapter 16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Romans chapter 16 and 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Romans 16 and verse 5. I read verse 3 and 4. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is where? In their house. Hey, you know, in the early days, they didn't have church property. Not because church property is a sin. They just, I mean, there was no there was no bill of rights <laughs> there was no freedom of religion there was no there, it would have been impractical to have a church property at that point but instead they just shared their own properties barnabas even sold property and gave the money of the sale to help the church and and aquila and priscilla can see that there's a need here what happened is is in in corinth and in ephesus churches were getting started and I'll, I'll, I won't get ahead of myself, but let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 19. Again, you see the same phrase. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Now, remember, they were in Ephesus by this time. <clears throat> and Paul's writing back to the Corinthian church where Aquila and Priscilla used to be a member of. They used to be part of the Corinthian church and he's writing them and telling them, hey, Aquila and Priscilla back there in Ephesus are saluting you as well. But what we know back in Acts chapter 19, and I am going to go back there, Acts chapter, we were at 18, now we're in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, we know that the early church of Ephesus, that church got started, they were meeting in a school facility. Acts chapter 19 and verse number 8. And when he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So they started in a Jewish synagogue. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So he started his church with disciples in a school facility of one named Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So it started in a school, but it wasn't long that it obviously moved into, from that school, into Aquila and Priscilla's house. I don't know how big their house was, but they allowed their house to be used by the church in Ephesus. 
Maybe there were times where they just opened up their home to let people in, or maybe they opened up their home to let people stay, or maybe there was need for travel. I don't know exactly, but they were using their house because the Bible says, and we just read it in Romans 16 and 1 Corinthians 16, salute the church that's in their house. Look, I don't, I don't want this to happen, and I hope it doesn't happen in our lifetimes, but I have a feeling, if the book of Revelation is correct, I have a feeling that there might come a day where that's how the church is going to meet again. That's why we ought to be just thankful that we have this nice facility and this wonderful place that we can meet. It's just, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, we, we spent, uh, I think we bought 300 gallons more of propane just last week to put into our tank to keep the building heated. But I'll tell you what, that old building that we had before, that'd be about a month or two. This thing's so much better insulated and, and so much more practical. And there's just a lot of, but let's not forget that it's just a wonderful tool that God's given us to use. But the church is the people, not the building. And apparently the early church or churches at one time or another actually met Anquilla Priscilla's house. Which, oh, by the way, wasn't just an inconvenience. It probably was illegal. Did you know already in the United States of America there are certain states in our union where you cannot have that big of an assembly in your house? That's illegal. You can't have that. You can't have over this amount of people in your house. And so what they were doing probably was kind of uh, tough for them, but they did it. But you know what it says there in Acts chapter 19, verse 10? All they which dwelled in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. And Aquila and Priscilla were a key part of this church in Ephesus. And it says all they in Asia, all the believers in Asia, because of the church in Ephesus. It is estimated that the church at Ephesus helped to start 10 other churches in Asia. And you know who were two of the most foundational pillars of the church? Aquila and Priscilla. They're very influential. They were in, involved heavily with the church in Corinth. They were involved heavily with their home church in Ephesus where they landed and that became their church. And because of Ephesus and that church and their influence, they were involved in churches throughout Asia. You say, well, is that a big deal? Have you ever read the first couple chapters of Revelation? It's written to seven churches and every one of them would have been churches that Aquila and Priscilla knew personally and knew about them and had an influence in them. Great people. And then one last mention. It only mentioned six times in the Bible, but 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now remember, Timothy was their pastor. He pastored the church in Ephesus. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 19 And as Paul is signing off this second letter, in fact, this is the last epistle that Paul ever wrote was 2 Timothy, I believe. He wrote it to Timothy, the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he wrote it from Rome when he was about to go see Nero, who was going to cut off his head. And you already know what he said in Romans 16. Every time he signed off, he mentioned them. Romans 16, he said, they laid out their own necks for my sake. 2 Timothy 4, verse 19, salute Prisca and Aquila in the household of Anesimus. They were still faithful. 
still there, still serving God. Prisca is a shorter name of Priscilla. I mean this, I really do mean this. I, I, I know that there are pastors, you know, there are pastors of churches, and, 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 and I typically communicate with pastors of churches. But I'm going to tell you something. Whenever I go out of town and I'm away from home during church time on Sunday or Wednesday, especially if I go to churches where I've been there before, I, I mean this, it's not the pastors that are really a blessing to me. It's the Aquilas and Priscillas. I can think of some Aquilas and Priscillas that have been in the same church for decades. For decades. Just this past week, Frank Garlock passed away on Friday. If you don't know who that is, Frank Garlock is the father-in-law of Ron Hamilton. Frank Garlock has heavily influenced uh, good Christian music in our churches. Soon, Ron Hamilton will join him. I don't know if you saw it, but just a few days before his death, they asked him, what, what advice do you have? I don't know if I can quote it because I wasn't planning on it until just now, but just follow God. Just find what God wants you to do and do it. Just seek God out. Just, just find what God has for you and do it. I love seeing people like that on their deathbed, not crying or moaning or groaning. Is that exactly what he said, Sam? Do you have it word for word? But it was something like that. Give it to God. That's what it was. Just give it to God. Whatever it is, let God have it. What great Christians and just influencers for for all. And I'm going to tell you, even though we don't get a lot of it when we read our Bibles generally, Aquila and Priscilla were great Christians. Awesome people who gave of themselves, who never really probably flourished in the tent-making business, but instead flourished in the church-making business. And never got any books named after them or anything like that. But in heaven, they're famous. And it's interesting, you never read them without them together. Aquila and Priscilla. They were not unequally yoked. They were equally yoked. They were a team. What a blessing. I don't want to name names, but I have had the joy and the privilege of having some blessings as a pastor. Some Aquilas and Priscillas. Some of them still use Pony Express, but they are a blessing. Some of them might not feel like they're much of a blessing, but they're a blessing. And and past and present, and, and I go back, and I'm, I'm going to be in the late the last week of April, I'm going to go to a church where I used to be at one time. And, and yeah, there'll be the pastor, and there'll be all this and all that, but I'm going to tell you what, it's the Aquilas and Priscillas that are exciting to just go see their faithfulness and what they're doing and how that they're, they've given their lives to serve God. Now, we're almost done, but I want to go to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> The Corinthian church, they had a lot of carnal issues, you know, and so you read 1 Corinthians and you read about a lot of stuff they just had to get straightened out and they just, they had some immaturity. But you'll, the point I want to make here is as you read this, I want you to realize something. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is straightening them out and he's writing, first couple chapters, he's just kind of writing to them about how that they've kind of following personalities instead of Christ. 
In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 12, he says, Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, or Peter, and I of Christ. Paul says, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And then look at chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 4. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, or who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Verse 22 of chapter 3. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God. In other words, don't, don't pick Paul as your as your human icon or Apollos as your human icon. Just focus on Christ. Now, praise the Lord if Paul was one that helped you to see Christ and you found Apollos was the one that led you to Christ. But, but no matter what, don't just follow Paul or follow Apollos or Paul, follow Cephas, Peter. No, keep your eyes focused on Christ. We're all on the same team. Paul, Apollos, Cephas, we're all on the same team. But you notice what's interesting? Two of the most famous guys in the New Testament church that were used of God to bring a lot of people to the Lord and to start churches and to preach and teach had personal connection with Aquila and Priscilla. Before Apollos was ever a blessing to anybody else, somebody pulled him alongside and said, hey, we see something in you, but would you mind us teaching you some things? In other words, there's a whole bunch of Christians that saluted Paul and Apollos. But Apollo and Apollos and Paul saluted Aquila and Priscilla. They're the unsung heroes. Folks, you here tonight, there's people here that are, you are capable of or already have been Apollos, excuse me, Aquila and Priscilla's. Maybe, maybe there's people in our church that have never given a sermon and if they were asked to, they would faint of a heart attack at the thought of giving up, getting up in front of someone publicly and, and having to teach or preach. But behind the scenes, you're a huge blessing and you can be. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever underestimate the value of what God's placed you to be and how that you can have open hands and an open heart and an open home to serve God with. And heaven will recognize it. And you'll make a difference. (laughs) And there are churches in Revelation in Asia Minor because of two people who were faithful and helped a young man named Timothy, but they were faithful to God and God used them greatly. Let's sing a song and then we'll stop. 663. 663. And let's stand as we sing it. Make me a blessing. Thank you. 
Let's close in prayer. Bob, would you close us in prayer?